Time to get out of bed. Time to put on the radio. Oh, you've already put it on. <laughs> You're waking up with... Assurance Jesus is mine. Oh, what a Peace. 
Good morning and welcome to Von Dot Radio, another episode of Straight Talk. You are listening to your host Shireen Dreya. This is a voice over the nation, your number one online station. It is good to be back. Another day, another segment, another beautiful chance of just serving God in this day. This morning I've got an awesome topic and I want to speak this morning on how to turn what you have gone through into the power of God and just allowing the Spirit of the Lord, you know, to transition you from that place maybe of pain, that place of stuck into a place where God uses those things as awesome testimony. Now, as a woman, you know, I've encountered many things and we are still celebrating Women's Month. And this is the beauty of having a whole month of celebrating just your womanhood and who you are. But this morning I realized, you know, that many women have gone through so many things, but yet they rise. And we want to speak on that ability, that power to rise amidst the pain and, you know, and just, just using your testimony as a stepping stone or a bridge to get into your next. Now, a lot of people get stuck in the old, in the past, and they never really move forward. They they always in that same place. And I think that, you know, past should always be used as testimony, never as a stone to hurl and hurt and harm people. But how many times ain't we, you know, um, just caught up in a repetitive cycle of past things. Now, I have seen how generational things wanted to step in, you know, the way your mom did things, the way your parents did things, the uh, family issues that were there, um, bloodline curses, etc. And you often find that these things wants to be reoccurring in a generation or in a life. But we have the ability through our testimonies to overcome whatever it is when trying to pursue, trying to come in and also trying to overtake that which was won already on the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but as a woman, we sometimes tend to go back into our past and we sometimes tend to use these things against the person maybe in our life or we tend to use these things against ourselves. Here is a segment, you know, by um, a very famous preacher and his name is Joel Olstein. Now, um, Joel is going to give a little teaching on how we should not waste our pain, you know. And I think that, you know, many times we get to a place of paining so that God could allow it to be converted into his power. Now, pain is uh, something that everybody has to go through, whether it is dealing with mis- mistrust or dealing with hurts, etc. And, you know, I'm a woman. I often speak on, on, on pain. I often speak on um, overcoming and I often speak on, you know, just our ability, you know, as humans to to overcome so much but as women i feel women are just you know they they just awesome they awesome they have this uh you know i don't i don't know god really just favored women when it came to giving them you know the ability to overcome the ability to forgive the ability to just be strong you know that persona of strength but this morning i want you to listen to a little clip by Joel Olstein, um, as we are gonna just allow 
you know, the spirit of the Lord to take over this morning's broadcast. I just feel that, you know, so many women are going to be empowered and so many women are going to be strengthened because of what God is going to do. So as you are preparing yourself to listen to this clip, I want you to think of, you know, the things that you maybe have experienced in your life where pain, etc. were concerned. So so just, just have a listen to um, the following segment and maybe you can reflect back on what God has brought you through and how you had to, you know, be that pillar of strength and how you had to be a support structure um, in times where you thought you won't make it. But now God is using that very thing that you have overcome as a testimony. Many of you are carrying mighty testimonies, mighty, mighty testimonies. And sometimes people never hear your testimony because you may be feeling that, you know, it's not worth um, telling that that story of your life for. But I always encourage people to tell their testimonies because somebody will be blessed by it. So just have a listen to the next few minutes. Setbacks, loss, pain is a part of life. It's easy to get discouraged, even bitter. Think, why is this happening to me? But one of the best principles I've learned is don't put a question mark where God has put a period. All of us have things we don't understand. One reason is we can't see the big picture for our lives. If you have a puzzle, on the front of the box, there's the picture. You see what it's supposed to look like. Maybe it's a sunset overlooking the ocean. As a whole, it's fantastic, so beautiful. But if you were to take one piece and isolate it, you would think, look at this funny looking piece. It's a mistake. It's not going to fit anywhere. It's an odd shape. There's nothing beautiful about it. But the fact is, that piece has a perfect place. It's already been fitted, planned, designed. When the other pieces come together, it will fit in. The reason you can't see it now is because they all are not in place yet. In the same way, sometimes we look at pieces in our lives that don't make sense. Joel, I went through a divorce. I lost a loved one. I'm going through cancer. My business went down. This piece couldn't be a part of God's plan. But you have to trust that even in the painful times, the times you're hurting, you're lonely, you're taking the treatment, on the surface, that piece doesn't make sense. But God doesn't make any mistakes. He's already designed your life, laid out all the pieces down to the smallest details. God never said that we would understand everything that happens along the way. He didn't promise that we'd never have any heartache, pain, disappointment, loss, setbacks. But he did promise that it would all work out for our good. And that piece is painful. Doesn't look like it makes any sense. When everything comes together, it will fit perfectly into place. The key is what we do in our times of pain. Pain will change us. Heartache, loss, disappointments, they don't leave us the same. When I lost my father, I didn't come out like I was before. I was changed. If you go through a divorce, a legal battle, a friend betrays you, eventually that will pass. You'll get through it, but you will be different. Now, how the pain changes you is up to you. You can come out bitter or you can come out better. You can come out with a chip on your shoulder blaming God, or you can come out stronger with a greater confidence in God. 
You can come out defeated, giving up on your dreams, or you can come out with a new passion, a new fire, excited about the new opportunities in front of you. All of us experience pain. My challenge, don't just go through it, grow through it. That difficulty is an opportunity to get stronger, to develop character, to gain new confidence. Anybody can give up. Anybody can let it overwhelm you. But you know what that's doing? Wasting your pain. That pain is not there to stop you. It's there to prepare you, to increase you, to develop you. The scripture talks about how God is in control, not just of our lives, but he's in control of our enemies. Satan had to ask God for permission to test Job. The enemy may turn on the fire, but the good news is God has his hand on the thermostat. God controls how much heat, how much pain, how much adversity. He knows what we can handle. If it was going to harm us rather than help us, God would have turned back the intensity. In those tough times, when you're uncomfortable, going through a loss, dealing with an illness, you could easily let it overwhelm you. It's helpful to remind yourself, I may be in this fire, but I know who controls the temperature. The God who breathed life into me. The God who is for me and not against me. The God who crowned me with favor. The God who takes pleasure in prospering me. He's in complete control. He's not going to let it get too hot. He's not going to let it defeat me. I may not like it, but I'm not a whiner. I'm a warrior. I know I can handle this. You have that attitude, you'll come out stronger, increased, promoted, better than you were before. We've all heard the saying, no pain, no gain. If everything was always easy, we wouldn't be prepared for our destiny. Some of the things I face today, if I would have faced them 10 years ago, they would have overwhelmed me. I couldn't handle it back then. God knows what you need when you need it. Every struggle is making you stronger. Every difficulty is growing you up. Every painful time, even though you don't like it, it's developing something in you that can only be developed in the tough times. Don't complain about the pain. Without the pain, we couldn't reach the fullness of our destinies. Researchers did an experiment with bumblebees. They took them up into space to study the effects of weightlessness on them. The bees floated through the air with great ease, didn't have to use their wings. I'm sure they thought this is the way we were made to live. No struggle, no adversity, no resistance. For a few days, everything was great. But on the fourth day, something happened. They all died. They loved it being easy, no adversity. But the problem was they weren't created to not have any resistance. In the same way, we were not created to float through life on flowery beds of ease. We're going to the sweet by and by, but we are living in the nasty now and now. We love to not have any pain, loss, disappointments, heartaches, betrayal. That's not reality. Difficulties are a part of life. Have the right perspective. In those tough times, God is getting you prepared. If it was too much, he would have turned back the temperature. He's got his hand on the thermostat. Now quit telling yourself you can't take it. You're not weak. You are well able. You are armed with strength for this battle. You are full of can-do power. The reason the fire is so hot is because God has something amazing in your future. 
He's getting you prepared for the next level of your destiny. See, God doesn't just randomly say, let me give them some pain to make their life miserable. Let me hit her with a sickness. Let me hit him with some marriage problems. There is a purpose for the pain. We may not always understand it. Joel, why did I get sick? Why did I lose my loved one? Why did my marriage not make it? I can't answer that. But I can tell you, if God allowed it, he knows how to bring good out of it. This is what faith is all about. God, I don't like the pain, but I trust you. I believe you're in control. Now, I'm not going to just go through it. I'm going to grow through it. I'm going to keep a good attitude. I'm going to count it all joy, knowing that this pain is leading to my gain. Sometimes we bring pain on ourselves. We make poor choices, get in a relationship we know is not good, or maybe get over our head in our spending. Now it's painful. We're having to deal with the consequences. And God is full of mercy. He'll always give us the grace to get out of it. But the way to not waste your pain is you have to learn the lesson. Be big enough to look back and say, okay, here's where I missed it. I ignored the warnings. I got involved in something that I shouldn't have. I got out of God's time and got in a hurry. Not going to do that anymore. There's a lesson in the pain. Don't be hard-headed and have to keep going through the same pain again and again. A man I know has struggled with diabetes most of his life. He ended up a month in the hospital. I saw him recently. He looks better than ever. He said, Joel, that stay in the hospital was a wake-up call for me. I've lost 40 pounds. I've changed my diet. I exercise every day. I feel like a new man. What was he doing? Not wasting the pain. He learned the lesson. And we talk a lot about letting go of the past, letting go of the mistakes, the failures, the divorce. And yes, that's true. But another way to say it is remember the lesson. Remember what you learned in the experience and then let go of the negative event. But if you go through a painful time and you don't come out with what you were supposed to learn, you're doing yourself a disservice. I talked to a man a while back and he was about to get married for his fifth time. And I, I didn't know and I'm, I'm not judging him. I don't know his story, but he made a statement, Joel, pray for me. All of my wives end up running around on me. I didn't say it, but I thought to myself, the one common denominator in this thing is you. There is a lesson in that pain somewhere that he's missing. Don't keep repeating the same mistakes again and again. It's like this guy I heard. He was driving his car and had an accident. Got out so upset. Went over to the other driver and said, lady, you need to learn how to drive. You're the fourth person that's run into me today. Here's my question. Are you bringing pain on yourself? Are you struggling in a relationship not fulfilled because you keep saying everything you feel like saying? Here's a newsflash. The pain will stop if you zip it up. Don't just go through it. Grow through it. Other times, we experience pain that have nothing to do with our choices. Wasn't our fault. We were doing the right thing and the wrong thing happened. The scripture says rain falls on the just and the unjust. You can be the just, honoring God, being your best, helping others, and it rains in your life. There are forces of darkness trying to keep you from your destiny. God could have stopped it, but he didn't. Even though it's painful now, if you'll stay in faith, that will lead you towards your destiny. At the age of 48, my mom was doing the right thing, raising five of us children, 
helping my dad pastor the church. Life was good. Then it started raining. She was diagnosed with terminal liver cancer, given a few weeks to live. And that was not only uncomfortable physically, obviously, but it was also painful emotionally. Thinking about possibly leaving her children, leaving her husband. But my mom didn't get depressed. She didn't get bitter and start blaming God. Her attitude was, God, my life is in your hands. I know you promised the number of my days you will fulfill. People don't have the final say. God, I know you have the final say. And it didn't happen overnight, but little by little, my mother got better and better. Today, 34 years later, she's not only still healthy and whole, but here's my point. In that difficult time, out of that pain, God burst something new on the inside. She started going around praying for other people who were sick. Till to this day, she goes up to the medical center every week and has a prayer service in the chapel. The very thing that was meant to destroy her, God used it to push her into a new level of her destiny. Friends, God knows how to take your mess and turn it into your message. Take what was meant for harm and use it to your advantage. There are times, like with my mom, God will allow us to go through a season of difficulty so he can birth something new on the inside. Paul said in Corinthians, the comfort we receive in our difficulties, now we can share that same comfort with other people in their time of need. When you go through something you don't understand, doesn't make sense, instead of getting negative, bitter, God, why did this happen? Have a new perspective. The reason God allowed it is because he can trust you. He knows he can count on you to take the same love, the same healing, the same encouragement, and share it with others. And even though that struggle with cancer was very difficult for my mother, she talks about how she wouldn't change it. She wouldn't have it any different. The pain was for a greater purpose. Maybe you've been through something you don't understand. Like my mom, a sickness, abuse, infertility. You're raising a difficult child. Life hasn't turned out the way you'd hoped. It's painful. It's easy to take on a victim mentality. Joel, if God was good, why did this happen to me? Why did these people mistreat me growing up? Why did I have this bad break? It's because God knows he can trust you. The forces of darkness tried to take you out, but God had his hand on the thermostat. He said, not so fast. That's my son. That's my daughter. I've got an assignment for them to fulfill. Just like God said to Satan, you can test Job, but you can't take his life. He's not going to quit serving me. I know what Job's made of. God is saying the same thing about you. It may be painful, but I know what they're made of. It may be difficult, may not be fair, but I'm not only going to bring them out. I'm going to bring them out better, and I'm going to use them to help other people who are struggling in the same areas. God can trust you. There's a purpose for that pain. Do you know how many businesses, charities, ministries have been birthed out of pain? May of 1980, Cindy Leitner received a phone call saying that her 13-year-old daughter, Carrie, had been hit by a car walking to church. Unfortunately, Carrie lost her life that day. This mother was devastated. She didn't think she could go on until she learned the man driving the car was under the influence of alcohol and he was a repeat offender. When she heard that, something rose up in her 
like she had never felt. In her late daughter's bedroom, she started a new organization. No money, no influence, no experience. She called it MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Today, her organization has saved hundreds of thousands of lives, changed laws, influenced policy. Cindy Leitner understands this principle. She didn't waste her pain. No, it didn't bring her daughter back, but she knew there was a purpose for that pain. She could have sat around depressed, bitter, blaming God, but she didn't put a question mark where God put a period. That piece in her puzzle didn't make sense at the time, but she believed that when everything came together, it would fall perfectly into place. That's exactly what happened. Today, she's impacting the world. Most of us will never experience anything as tragic as Cindy did. But if she can take one of the greatest pains in life and turn it around to become a force for good, I believe you and I can find the purpose in our pain. Don't get caught up in where this piece to my puzzle fits. Joel, doesn't make sense. This is an ugly piece. Keep moving forward. Do like she did. Go out and encourage somebody else. Healing comes when you get your mind off of your own pain, what you lost, what didn't work out, and you go help others. But as long as you stay focused on yourself, you're going to get stuck. There's a blessing in that pain. You have something to give others. You can encourage people who are going through what you've been through. A lady I know got a bad medical report and doctors found what they thought was a cancerous tumor and we prayed right here that the report would come back negative. But indeed, they found out it was cancer. She'd been coming to Lakewood for a long time. She knew she's not a victim, she's a victor. She knew God wouldn't allow it unless he could bring good out of it. Like my mother, she didn't get defeated. Her attitude was, God, I know I'm in the palm of your hand. Nothing can snatch me away. God, I don't understand it, but I trust you. For one year, she took chemotherapy. Wasn't easy, she lost all her hair got very sick, but today she is 11 years cancer-free. You know what she does now? She goes back to the same hospital as a volunteer, and she encourages the people that are fighting cancer. She tells them, I know what you're going through. I've been there. I've taken the chemo, and look, God did it for me. He can do it for you. She's not wasting her pain. Her test has become her testimony. We've all been through things that are uncomfortable. We didn't like it, but God made a way when we didn't see a way. If it wasn't for his healing, his favor, his goodness, his mercy, we wouldn't be here. God's counting on us to let our light shine. What you've been through can help somebody else get through it. Be on the lookout for somebody you can encourage. Don't waste your pain. My friend Coach Dell Brown at LSU told about a young lady named Lolo Jones. You probably heard of her. She's a star sprinter. She holds the world record in the hurdles. 2008, she was at the Olympic Games, heavily favored to win the gold medal. Nobody had even come close to her time. She lined up on the track. The starter fired the gun. She took off running. Everything was going great. She was in first place like expected. Eight hurdles down, two to go, and she wins the gold. A dream comes true. But somehow on that ninth hurdle, her timing got off. She hit it, stumbled, fell to the ground. That allowed the other runners to pass her by. 
she didn't win the gold. A huge disappointment. She trained her whole life for that 12-second race. Now it was over. They interviewed her a little afterwards, and she said, in effect, yes, it's painful. Yes, I'm disappointed, but I know now I can help other people who have fallen. When you've been through something, in one sense, you've been given a gift. You are uniquely qualified to help others struggling in that same situation. Don't sit around feeling sorry for yourself. Go out and lift somebody else up. Friends, everything happens to us for a reason. Nothing is a coincidence. Some things are to help us grow, mature, come up higher. Then there are times God will allow us to go through a difficult season so later on we can be instrumental in helping somebody else overcome. Can God trust you with the pain? Can God trust you to be uncomfortable? Will you get negative, bitter? God, why is this happening to me? I say this respectfully, it's not all about you. What if God allowed it so three years from now you can help somebody else move forward? Can God trust you? When my father went to be with the Lord, you've lost loved ones, very painful. I didn't like it. I was uncomfortable. But do you know how many people tell me, Joel, when you talk about your father and how much you loved him and how you stepped up to pastor the church, that helped me to overcome when my loved one went to be with the Lord. With the comfort I've received, I can share that comfort with others. We all have something to give. We've all been through a hurt, a loss, a disappointment. Don't see it as, oh man, this is so bad. No, you may not have liked it, but there's a purpose for that pain. I saw a report on the news about this lady. She was a larger woman and she'd always been perfectly healthy, but she started feeling a little nauseated. Couldn't figure out what was wrong. Over the next few months, her back started hurting, her feet swelling, couldn't sleep at night. She went to the doctor early on. They thought it was some kind of virus that would soon pass. But month after month, different symptoms popped up. She was uncomfortable, swollen, gaining weight. She didn't like it. One day she started feeling incredible pains in her stomach area. She tried to endure it, thinking that it would pass, but kept getting worse and worse. And finally, she couldn't take it any longer. In excruciating pain, she had her husband rush her to the emergency room. The doctor examined her, said, I know exactly what's wrong. 90 minutes later, he handed her her new baby boy. She was pregnant and didn't know it. All those symptoms she was feeling, the pain, discomfort, nausea, there was a purpose for it. A change was taking place. She was about to give birth. Many times, like her, we're pregnant and we don't know it. All we can feel is the pain. God, I'm uncomfortable. The pain is a sign you're about to give birth. If you'll stay in faith, eventually the pain will pass. You'll give birth to new strength, new talent, new ministry, new charity, new friendships, a new level. The pain is for a purpose. A change is taking place. When you're in a difficult time, don't focus on the pain. Focus on the fact that a new level is coming. The scripture says Jesus endured the pain of the cross, looking forward to the joy that was set before him. If you only focus on where you are on the pain, you'll get negative. Have a new perspective, the right perspective. God, I don't like this situation, but I know this pain is not here to stop me. It's here to promote me.
It's a sign I'm about to give birth to something new. That's what my friends Craig and Samantha did. Craig at the time was the head of our children's ministry at Lakewood. They had two beautiful children. Samantha was expecting the third child. When little Connor was born, they soon realized something wasn't quite right. He wasn't talking, developing as fast as the other children. Connor was diagnosed with autism. And while they loved Connor just as much, of course, they were a little taken aback by it. It's not what they were expecting. But Craig and Samantha understand this principle. They didn't put a question mark where God put a period. They knew the reason they had Connor was because God could trust them. They didn't waste their pain. Craig told me how at that time we didn't have any classes for special needs children here at the church. Many parents couldn't attend a main service like this because their children needed constant attention. He said, Joel, why don't we start a special needs class for these children? We can call it the Champions Club. In that time of pain, Craig recognized he was pregnant. He was about to give birth to something new. We started our Champions Club the first few months. 300 new families joined the church. Other churches heard about it. Craig helped them launch their own special needs class. Today, there are over 30 Champions Clubs in seven different nations around the world. Here's what I'm saying. When it's painful, don't get discouraged. Get ready. You're about to give birth. That discomfort you're feeling, it's not just a random pain. Those are birth pains. There's a blessing in that pain. There's a gift in that pain. There's a ministry in the pain. There's a new level in that pain. Don't waste it. Do like Craig. Be on the lookout. Look for opportunities. You can encourage somebody else. Can God trust you with that pain? Will you get negative, bitter, or will you say, God, I don't understand it, but I know there's a purpose for this pain. Remember, God has his hand on the thermostat. If it was too much, he would have cut back the heat. Don't just go through it, grow through it. If you'll do this, I believe and declare, your pain is about to be turned into your gain. You're going to come out stronger, increase, promoted, new levels. Out of that pain, it's going to birth you into the fullness of your destiny in Jesus' name. If you receive it today, can you say amen? Wow, what a powerful, powerful segment. I believe that there is no waste of our pain anymore. So for the next few minutes, we have an awesome testimony of a young woman that did not allow her pain to go to waste. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with our second segment on a pain that has not been wasted. We will be listening to the awesome testimony of Deslin de Villiers, a, a daughter, a sister who has allowed her pain to become a powerful testimony. You are listening to Von Dot Radio with me, your host Shireen Dreyer, and this is Straight Talk.
right arm, left arm. Take your right foot, left foot. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready to follow this. Everybody move with me. Take your right arm, left arm. Take your right foot, left foot. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready to follow him. Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. This is Sister Des speaking from Unlimited Transforming Lives. I just have a short testimony as from where God has brought me from. Almost two years ago, um, I lost my brother in a very cruel way. Wasn't saved at the time, but at that time when he was laying there, the only thing that came to mind was where is his soul going to? And as I sat by him, I just led him to the Lord. And after the funeral and everything has gone to normal, I was thinking to myself, you led him to the Lord, but you not with the Lord. And a few months I pondered on this, but I never really thought that how much I needed God. And then um, October that year, the 27th of October 2018, I went to church where I usually go every week or whenever there's something I would go, but I wasn't saved. And that specific morning, I didn't know what came over me and I gave my heart to the Lord. And um, you'll never know what God do to you at that moment, man. It's like He's transforming you, the hurt, the pain. He's making you a stronger person. I know there's a lot of people going through the exact same thing losing somebody but sometimes we're not with God but my experience is that if you in God you in Christ you got people that stands with you people that prays for you you can just call and they're there for you so I just want to encourage each and everybody man that whatever you go through that always remember that God is our pillar man he's the the, the hand that we need over us and I just want to say um thank you for each and everybody that's always praying for our family because I know it's not, it's not easy believe me it's not easy it's more than two years later but I can just trust God and thank God for where he's brought us from um it's the journey that you is with God no, it's not easy but it's better 
it's not it don't take the pain away but it gives you hope and i just hope that everybody that's encouraged with this or maybe there's somebody that needed to know that no matter what you're going through man no matter the circumstances yes we go through life we go through a lot of things in this year um i thought i'm gonna lose my mother to cancer but yet I'm still standing, I prayed and I asked God to open doors to heal her. I asked God, I trusted Him, I put my faith and my hope into God. And I can tell you, three and a half months later, she's cancer free. Yes, she had a um, breast removed, but we praise God for full recovery in Jesus' name. So, yes, there's hope, man. Yes, there is tough times, there's crying times, there's trying times, but there's hope. So I just want everybody to be blessed with this testimony. Amen. On top of a beautiful, beautiful morning, Bondot listeners, you are listening to Natalie Potts. And this morning, I just feel so blessed. I am dressed. I'm not stressed. And I feel refreshed. Hallelujah. And glory to God. So you are here on Straight Talk. And this morning, I just want to share with you a little bit of my community. The effect that it has on our children, the effect that it has on us as parents, and also how important it is for us as parents to keep our children covered in prayer at all times. Amen. So I live in an area where I'm surrounded with gangsters, I'm surrounded with drug addicts. So now, the sound of gunshots during the day and during the night it's like a norm it's a normal thing because the people would shoot during the day as if nothing is is, is, they're not afraid of other people anymore they would go come into i live in a circle where there's a park so they would come into the circle and they would just shoot loosely they don't even care if there is children playing in the park these gangsters would just come and they will shoot dead bodies senseless killings on the road two-year-old children teenagers are guys that is involved in gangsterism they were laid dead on the streets and our children would go and they would look at these bodies as if it's a norman as if as if oh this is something that we saw on tv their facial expressions is normal and this shocked me i will see four-year-old children five-year-old children six-year-old children i would see them at a at a at, at, at a dead body who, who this guy was just shot and his eye was maybe shot out and they will look at this body and they will see so they will see how 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 this body look and they will look at it as if it, as if nothing is it's 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 not they're not afraid of this so now what what shocked me the most was when i saw these gangsters and the people that was doing the shooting they would run around with the guns in their hands and the little children would literally run after these gangsters and they would follow them and and you will see how excited they are they will you will see how excited it's almost like the, the um they are playing a game and 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 you know the saddest thing of this is is when is when i see the parents the family of these deceased, the family of these of 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 these people who died, I will see how 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 sad they are, how they are crying, and when I look from the outside in, I would see that these children comes out of 
good backgrounds. Their families are good people. They are respectable people in the community. I would sometimes I would know these people and sometimes I don't know them. But by the looks of, the, of it, I will see that those children that are dying are respectable children. These children that are dying are children that comes out of respectable homes whose mother and whose father is there. Who they are living in overflow, they don't lack nothing. The way they are dressed, you will see they have no name clothing from the top of their heads to the sole of their feet. They would have a, a name brand clothing on. And it makes me think, why do you even want to be involved in this gangsterism if you have everything? If you have a house to live in, if you have enough food on the table, if you have family that cares about you, and then they would go into gangsterism, and I'm and I'm thinking, why on earth? These children, the youngsters that that is looking at this, at this, at, the, at what the, the gangsters is doing, our little children, what they do is when the shooting and everything is done and the bodies has been taken away, they would play a game called cops and gangsters. And they would say, we are the, the junkie funkies, if I may use them. They, we are the junkie funkies and you are the police and you chase us. And this is the games that the children played. I'm thinking, oh my word, when I was that age, I used to play hopscotch and I was to play tok-toki and those type of things. That was my thing. But then, as, as I was looking at these things and I'm thinking, God, what is happening? It's almost like I'm thinking about my own life. I was thinking about how I got hooked into gangsterism, how I got hooked into drugs. And I would love to share with you so that you can you can see where I came from. So now, uh, I used to live with my mother and my father. Then they got divorced when I was 12 years old. So I used to get everything. I was a spoiled brat. I was spoiled rotten. I had a good, good, good family. They were supportive and and they were there. They were hardworking people. They, my family was not family that were involved in gangsterism. They were not involved in drugs. They were hardworking people. So my mother and my father got divorced and I used to love at every, almost every single family member I can think of. Because my father didn't have a place of, of, of his own, he lived with his sister. My mother lived with her boyfriend and they moved from house to house. So I couldn't live, there was no stability for me. So I, I went to four different schools in one year. And when I used to live with these, with these family members, it was not as if it was my own house where I could open the fridge door, where I could eat like I, like I want to. When I could sleep as late as I want to, it was not like that anymore. It was totally different. I would hear that well, you can't eat so, such a lot because well, you don't work in this place. But I was still on school. How can I go work if I'm still on school? I'm 12 years old. And then eventually I ended up with my grandmother. And I grew up there with my grandmother. And, and things were not the same. Things were not the same. My grandmother was very strict. But still, I longed for my parents. And when I was 13 years old, or 40 years old, I moved back to my mother and her boyfriend. And my mother never ever showed me the love or the affection that, that I wanted. 
I remember that when I when I when I told her that mom, look, I I I got I was on my period. I got my period. She said, go and do your thing because I you are having sex long time, which I I, I was still a virgin. My mother used to tell me that I wish I could have killed you the day you were born, and these things hurt me so so bad. The words that my mother told me was was words that I don't even want to say. Things that have hurt me so, so much. I never saw much of my father. And then um, I used to live with my mother who, was a, who had an abusive, abusive boyfriend. He used to hit her and she used to take it out on me. And then I remember I used to go to school. I used to come from school. I had to clean, which was a normal thing for a teenager to do. But the way my mother treated me was not, it wasn't, it wasn't a good sight. And then I, as I went to, to a high school, I started seeing that these gangsters on the, on the shop corners, I would see them, I would see how they would, how they would care about each other. This is from seeing out of my sight. This is seeing from my point of view. And I would see how they would care for each other, how they would love, and I wanted that. At, at something about the crowd, about these gangsters, it drew me. Something about these gangsters, almost like it locked me. I wanted that. I saw unity with them. I saw happiness. I saw joy. But I didn't know what was waiting for me the time when I joined these gang. So at the age of 13, 14 years old, I hooked. I got hooked into this gangsterism. I then started to smoke cigarettes. I then started to smoke dacha. And what these gangsters did for each other was, this is what I wanted. I wanted this love. I wanted this affection. And then I used to go home from school when I was now. Uh, I had to be a certain time. I had to be in. If I wasn't in at certain time, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, they would not open the door for me. So I would come home and then my mother would say, you are ugly. Look how you look. Look, you are not worthy. She would say so many things that hurt me. She she would she would nag on my head and and this made me not want to be in the house. I didn't want to be in the house because of the the abuse, the vulgarness, the, the things that I had to face on a daily basis. And then I started to use drugs. And the first time when I did this drug was it made me feel it made me feel so otherwise it made me feel like I forgot about my situation at home it made me forget about everything and it just i was just in my own world on my own bus with my own friends but these gangsterism and things made me go into a place that i didn't know i had to go and rob people i had to see how people are being murdered in front of me i had to adapt to a lifestyle that i was unfamiliar with because i wanted to hide i wanted to run away from from where, from what I used, what I faced at home. So now I come at home and now I'm drugged and eventually my parents found, my mother found out that I was using drugs and she would, she would, oh my word, she would nag on my head. She would say, you useless, you are this, you are that. She would swear at me. 
she would and this made me go into the thing more and more and more this made me go into gangsterism and drugs deeper and deeper until i even started smoking mandrakes because my now the effect of that didn't i didn't have that effect on me anymore and every time when i when i used to to when i think i was sober i would i would think oh my word do i have to go back to the to this hell house and eventually i, I turned away I turned away from my parents. I went to go and do my own thing where I wanted to be involved with gangsters. I wanted to be involved with the drug addicts because this is where I felt at peace. This is where I felt loved. But it was not the love that I really wanted. This was not the love that I was looking for. But because of the situation that I was in, I wanted to be out. I was so desperate for love that I looked for it in the wrong places. That it made me do wrong things. So I want to, 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 to share with you that, that what I went through was not because I wanted to. I, everybody has their own choices. But I was provoked on a daily basis. I was provoked so many times. I felt that I was useless. Nobody cared for me. And eventually I ended up on the street. And when I ended up on the street, it was tougher than what I thought. And I gangsterism, stealing, drug, that was my only way of living. Until I met my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Today I am saved, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Today I am clean, today I am rid of gangsters, I am rid of the drugs. And today I just want to give God all the praise and all the glory. I was hooked on these things for 21 years. And I couldn't get, I couldn't get rid of the thoughts that my mother used to say, but I thank God. So I want to encourage those mothers. I want to speak to those mothers that have lost their children to drugs. I want to speak to those parents that have lost their child, child, children to senseless killings. I want to tell you that if your child is on drugs, do not provoke them. Show them love. Do not nag on their heads. Show them. Because the only... The, like when, when, when I was on drugs, I already felt ashamed. I already felt that what I was doing was wrong. I didn't need to hear from the people. I did not hear. I didn't. I didn't want to hear about it. Because the more you are talking, the more you are nagging, the more you are pushing your children deeper and deeper into things that they that that, that you do not want them to be. I want to tell you, woman and man of God. Keep on praying for your children. It might seem that the, that the situation looks useless. The situation might seem that there is no way out. But I tell you, coming talking from experience, there is a way out. Being hooked on drugs for 21 years, I'm telling you, woman and man of God, that there is a way out. Do not give up on your children. Do not, if they are on drugs, leave them be. Pray for them. Pray for them. But they do not need to hear the negativity of you on their heads. They don't want to hear what you think about them because they are already in a place where they feel guilty. They are already in a place where they feel bad. They are already in a place where they feel rejected. They do not need to hear from their own parents. 
They are already thinking of a way out, but now when we come and we are nagging on the heads, we are telling how useless they are. They are we are pushing them deeper and deeper and deeper into a thing, and we need to cover cover your children, man and woman of God. Do not reject them. Do not throw them out of your house. Because they threw me out of the house and I had nowhere to go and thus made me go into the things deeper than what I was. And I promise you, I promise you that if you keep on praying for your children, there is results in prayer. Do not give up. By the first, second or third day when you hear, when you don't see results, do not give up. God didn't give up on me and I know that I know what I know that he won't give up on your children. But you need to pray so that the hand of God can move. Do not, do not continue to, to say negative things because don't speak things over the lives of your children. Do not tell them that they will amount to nothing. Tell them. Tell them that they will become something. Tell them that you love them. You will never ever know how much it means to them when you speak to them in that way. If you see your children coming in and they are drugged, do not go on on their heads, but pray to the Father. Pray. Keep, be persistent in prayer. You will never ever ever know the effect that a mother and a father have when they pray for their children. I thank the Lord for someone that was praying for me and even though I I couldn't I, I I almost I want to say I almost hated my mother because how could she treat me this way but I thank God for saving my life because now I came to realize that it was not my mother but that it was was what was inner she couldn't face whatever she was facing but I thank God because my mother is my mother and I have been blessed with the best and today my mother and myself have a beautiful relationship. We have an understanding where we could contact each other. I had to repent for the things that I did. She had to ask forgiveness because of the things that she said. And we have a beautiful relationship. So I want to encourage you, man and woman of God, do not push your child further into the things that they are facing. Do not push your children further into the drugs. Do not push your children further into the gangsterism because they will go and look for a place where they are loved, where they are accepted. They will look for it in the wrong places. But I want to encourage you to keep on praying. I cannot, put, I cannot say this enough. Keep on praying. Do not push your children away by the things that you tell them, by the negative things that you speak upon their life. I want to tell you that I came from that place. I came from a place out of rejection. I came from a place where I didn't feel loved. I came from a place where I felt that nobody cares for me because I was... I was, I, was, I was on drugs and everywhere I went, people would close their doors. People would say, I don't, I don't want a drug addict in my house. People would just shut me out completely. And the only people that opened the doors was the other drug addicts, was the drug dens, was the gangsters, was the, the people that did wrong. And those are the only people who have opened their doors for me. So speaking from a point where I've experienced these things, I want to tell you, I want to tell you parents, do not push your children into a house where they feel wanted because they don't feel accepted by you. 
because of the things that you say words at heart words hurt I don't believe in the saying that says sticks and stones will break my bones but names will never hurt me I don't believe in that saying because why it would hurt words would hurt me words words that was that has been spoken over my life have hurt me so much that I ended up in in places where I didn't want to be at the end, I ended up in places that I, I didn't feel that I, I, was, I, 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 I wasn't supposed to be there. But because there was a lack, there was a lack of communication toward me and my mother. There was a lack of communication be, between us. There was, there was no, there was nothing that I could, could hold on to. That is the way I felt. I felt hopeless. I thought that I couldn't go to my mother because why? Whenever I'm gonna speak to my mother, she's gonna throw this drug, and she's gonna throw this whatever I'm facing. She's gonna throw it in my face, and that is the reason why I never spoke to her. So don't let it come to a point, listeners. I'm telling you, don't let it come to a point where your children won't talk to you. Don't let it come to a point where your children turn their back on you, where they want to give up because of the negativity that you speak over them. Because don't tell them that you will never come right. Encourage your children. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Please. I am begging you to keep on praying. Don't give up. And I know and I know and understand how hard it is. How hard it is to lose your children to drugs. Because why? These are children that you don't know them. You don't know them. This is not the children that you have raised. But I promise you with all of my heart that if you continue to pray for them, they will turn. They will turn from their wicked ways. I, I, I want to end off by saying that if your child come in, just, just hug them and tell them how much you love them. You will never ever know how much it means to them. I hope you will be you will blessed by this. I hope you will take to a heart what I have told you because I'm talking out of a place of experience. May you be blessed, listeners. Have an awesome and fantastic day ahead. Amen. Oh
Messi, age 32, has endured a power struggle with President Joseph Maria Bartomeu and the club's hierarchy over the direction of the club over the last 12 months and it's been reported the relationship is now beyond repair after recent talks. Barcelona's misery after missing out on the La Liga title to Real Madrid was compounded further with the heaviest ever Champions League defeat when Bayern thrashed them 8-2 in the quarterfinals on Friday evening. The Argentina captain cut a frustrated figure within the team and was pictured without speaking for the entire halftime break in the team's dressing room. Following the Bayern game, veteran defender Gerard Piquet suggested he would offer himself to leave as the club hit rock bottom, while head coach Quinnick Quinn Q. Setien said to have been sacked already. Now Esporte Interavito claims that he wants an immediate exit after becoming disillusioned by the ingoing within the Blograna and feeling isolated within the team. The news broke shortly after reports in English media suggested Pip Guardiola is looking to lure the 32-year-old to the Premier League for the 2021 season. Keep tuning in for daily news updates here on Vondot Radio, Voice of the Nations with me, Ingrid D. Anchor Ingrid D. You're on Vondot Radio, Voice of the Nations, bringing you national and international news updates. Business Insider SA. Gyms may open on Tuesday morning, the 18th of August, as long as no more than 50 people are inside at a time. It's official. Gyms are open this morning, but they're limited to 50 people at a time, just like swimming pools and bars. Other rules may still be issued for gyms which have proven to be vital spreading grounds in other countries. Gyms in South Africa may open as of 4am on Tuesday the 18th or as soon as after their staff can make it to work without breaching curfew for the first time since lockdown began. But they will be allowed to open their doors only to 50 people at a time. Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs Minister 
Lamini Zuma on Monday gazetted rules for level 2 lockdown after President Cyril Ramaphosa said over the weekend that most restrictions on the economy would be lifted this week. The only sector that will remain entirely locked down as of 1 minute past midnight on Tuesday are nightclubs. The new rules allow for fitness centers and gyms to open subject only to a limitation of 50 people. Though further rules may yet be imposed by additional directions, in various countries gyms have been proven to be big spreading grounds for the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Swimming pools too may open with a 50% limit, 50 person limit. There is no such headcount limit for beaches, parks, or sports grounds and sports fields. Those spectators at sporting events are banned. The 50 person limit does apply to bars and shopping, weddings, cinemas, churches, conferences, and theaters or other forms of live performance. Keep tuning in for daily news updates here on Vondot Radio Voice of the Nations with me Ingrid Dean. The station with the best me best me best me best me best music. Best music. I love the I music. Love the music. Best music. <laughs>